Praise the Lord. I'm very grateful to the Lord to be able to stand before you this afternoon to share the word of God again. I remember that about 2007, towards the end, when we are getting ready to go, that was the time that the vision for this new church was just coming up. And we had attended a few meetings in Gala and some other places, looking at the design and trying to think of how to raise the fund for it. I just thank God because the building is up and we're gathering there today. And the good news is that this one, the good news is that this one is almost double the size of the one we used to use. And on this 30th anniversary, I'm sure that in a few years, we'll be building even a much bigger one for the glory of the Lord. Let's rise up, please, and pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We bless your name because of a truth you are in our midst. Because your word said where two or three are gathered together, there you are in the midst of them. We've seen your hands, we've heard your voice. Since Friday to today, you have said glorious things to us. And your spirit has quickened and lifted us up. You have filled us, Lord. And we know that by your grace, we will go in the strength of this feeling the rest of our journey. King of glory, I pray this morning that I want to go into your words again, that, Lord, you will speak. You will speak to everyone here this afternoon in Jesus' name. Oh, God, speak to the children. Oh, God, speak to the youths. Oh, God, speak to the elders, the fathers and the mothers, the men and the women, the married and the single. Father, speak to their circumstances. Father, speak to their situations. Father, speak and break every yoke. Lord Jesus, you said the word that you speak, they are spirit and they are life. Lord, I pray that the word that you will speak this afternoon shall be spirit unto everyone and shall be life unto your people in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, take control now. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please sit down. God bless you. Ah. After one week of powerful word of God from great men of God, starting with Pastor Sabi, and then came Brother Stanley, and then came Pastor Leke, 
I can only depend on the Lord to speak to you himself. And I believe that he will do it in Jesus' name. This afternoon, we are continuing in the sequence, the Church of Christ. We have looked at the Church of Christ in the early days. We have looked at the Church of Christ today. And now we are going to look at the Church of Christ in the future. That church, I call it the Rapturable Bride. That's the church of the future. Because today is today until Christ comes. And when Christ comes, he's going to come for that church that is ready, that has no blemish, that has no wrinkles. Let's open our Bible quickly to Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 25, Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 25, the Lord spoke to his church. He said, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. The Bible said, while we were yet sinners, he loved us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. There's a purpose for it, and we see it in verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I say, that is me. Is that you? That is you. And that shall be you in Jesus' name. A brother, a sister, not having spots, no wrinkle, or any such thing, only and without blemish. For with man it may be impossible, but not with our God. For with our God all things are possible. The Lord is doing it in our lives, and he will do it for everyone here today in Jesus' name. So the church of Christ in the future is that church. The church that is ready for the rapture. The church that we hear the trumpets, 
and disobey the law of gravity. The church that will rise up to meet the bridegroom in the sky. The rest of the world will not see him, but that church will see him. The rest of the world may not hear the trumpet, but that church will hear it. And my prayer to God is that if that trumpet should sound even now, you will hear it. And you will answer the call of that trumpet in Jesus' name. I'm also supposed to talk on Luke chapter 18, verse 8, but I start from verse 7. Luke 18, 7 says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he be long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? The Lord will find faith on the earth. If it's only one person that has faith, it shall be you. And it shall be me. In the name of Jesus. Okay. I have prepared a few slides to illustrate what the Bible reveals to us about this church of the future. And I'll be looking at the message under those five outlines that I have there, a brief introduction, we look at the second coming and the signs that we precede the second coming of the Lord. We look at the facts that are revealed in the scripture and illustrations that we see. We will look at the purpose of the rapture and the time of it. And then we look at who are those that will partake of the rapture. My prayer to God is that no one here we miss the rapture in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. From verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15. From verse 51. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead, in, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall all be changed. 
Say to yourself, I shall be changed. The change has already started. It has started because you have left Egypt. If you have given your life to Christ, you have left Egypt, you have crossed the Red Sea, you are on the way to the land of promise. And that promise, the eventual hope of the Christian is the promise of the rapture. That when the bridegroom will come to take up his bride, you will be there. I will be there in Jesus' name. For this corruptible must go, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That shall be our testimony. That's why Jesus Christ said, I tell you whom to fear. We add it from, from Ross Stanley. I tell you whom to fear. Fear not them who can kill the body and have nothing to do after. But fear him who can kill the body and has power to cast the soul into hell. Your soul will not go to hell. Amen. It will go to heaven Amen. to be with the Lord. Let's open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse 13. Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. He said, But I would not have you to be ignorant. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Lord has given us the knowledge of what is going to come. And he will give us the grace to qualify to the end in Jesus' name. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Look at the man, the person on your right, and tell him or her, be comforted. Look at the one on your left and tell him, oh, I'll be comforted. There's no greater comfort than that. Whatever you are passing through today, we have the comforts of the Lord's promise. 
the Lord whose word never failed, be comforted. People can get miracles. The lame may walk, the blind may see, and still go to hell. You will not go to hell. Whatever your condition, whatever you are passing through, the Lord is able to do it here. But if, like the Hebrew children, they told Nebuchadnezzar, even if our God will not deliver us in his wisdom, we will still not bow. Because they know that if they go into the lake or into the furnace of fire and they die there, it is because God has a better purpose for them. But God did not disappoint them. God will not disappoint you in Jesus' name. So quickly, Thank you. Okay, next slide. Next one, thank you. Quickly, I just want to show us a sequence of the dispensations that the Bible reveals and that is captured in uh, the history of God's creation. There is a line that goes horizontal. I'm not sure how many people are able to see what is written there, but I will read it. That green line that is horizontal divides between what is called the dispensations and the events that are separating them. When you hear about the anti-diluvian dispensation, when you hear about the patriarchal dispensation, there are significant events that separate them. The first event is the creation. Before that, the world was void. After creation, we entered into what is called the antidiluvian dispensation. And then God looked at the whole earth, and everywhere was evil. And he found a man called Noah, who found grace in his sight. And God gave him instruction, build an ark, because there is going to be a flood. And you have, I found, you have found favor with me. And your family built that ark to save you from the flood. And Noah built the ark. So that's a significant event. And that's the first one you see there. You see the flood. That's the creation and that's the flood. After the flood, we entered into the patriarchal dispensation. The dispensation of Abraham and Adam and all those, we entered into that after Noah. After that, we saw the next event, which is the exodus from Egypt. Don't forget, it was the children of Jacob that had gone into Egypt, that had to migrate from Egypt. By the time they were moving, even Jacob was dead, but he left word that they should take his bones, and they took his bones. And from that moment on, they come, the law started to come. And then that's the, the dispensation that is called the dispensation of the law and the prophets. And that dispensation continued 
until the next great event, which is the first coming of Christ. And so you see there, the coming of Christ arrived us into the church dispensation, or what is called the Gentile dispensation. The Jews rejected Christ, and it turned to the Gentiles. And so the Gentiles became partakers of God's salvation. And that's where we are. So we have Pastor Sabi talked about the early church, the early part of that dispensation. We had Brother Stanley and Pastor Leke talk about the church today. And the next one, the next big event that is coming is called the rapture. You can see those lines there. That's the line of the rapture, this one. And the next one that will follow it is the second advent. When you look inside between this and this, you see that it, it, it opens up here and it opens up there. At the top there, after the rapture, something is going to happen to those that are raptured up, and it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. The bride and the bridegroom have come together now, and they will be rejoicing up there, celebrating up there. Whatever troubles we pass through on earth become insignificant. They become like nothing when we enter into that marriage supper of the Lamb. That's called the rapture of the saints that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But below that lie, you also see what will happen to those that will be left behind after the rapture, those that will not make the rapture. While the marriage supper of the Lamb is going on up there, there is going to be what is called the great tribulation down here. And the Bible has made us to know it all. So the church of today has a big choice to make. Anyone that is a Christian today should be happy and rejoicing in God and doing everything he can to secure his salvation. Pastor Luke told us that God did not guarantee that temptations would not come. That God did not guarantee anyone that there will be no persecution. But that in all those situations, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. That grace shall be sufficient for you and for me in Jesus' name. So every day you leave your house, you know what to ask for. What do you ask for? More grace. The grace sufficient for the day. The grace to overcome the enemy in whatever shape, in whatever form it may come. I tell people, most Christians, no matter how young the convert is, if Satan appears to him, with two arms on his head. Even that young Christian will jump up and begin to command fire. Praise the Lord. But does Satan come with horn in his head? No, he doesn't. 
He comes in the form of a handsome man. He comes in the form of a beautiful woman. He comes in the form of a fat job with a very high salary. It comes in the form of, okay, I have not had a child. I can give you a child. It comes in the form of, oh, sickness is so okay, these people can heal you. And people that come to suggest the ungodly solution usually are people that you will usually say, ah, that uncle loves me, that auntie cares for me, I cannot refuse what he says, and so they follow them. But you will not follow them. Amen. You will stand. Amen. We had the previous preacher say, the Lord said, he that loves father or mother more than me is not what? Not worthy of me. No one will be able to divert you away from the way of Right of eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen. So that's a short introduction to show what the Lord has spoken, revealed through the scripture concerning the different dispensations. So, for the Christian, what we are waiting for now is the rapture of saints. And that represents the future of the church. That's the future. That's the church that is caught up. The church that hears the trumpets. The church that is able to fly and meet the Lord in the sky. That church may not necessarily be a local church. This one is a local church. We add many parables of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is like a nest. You throw into the water. And when you pull it, what does it catch? It catches fishes. It catches crabs. It catches stones. It catches wood. I pray that you will be the fish. You will not be stone. You will not be wood. If the trumpet sounds today, I want to believe God that many in this church will hear the trumpet. And I want to believe God that no one here that came into this church not saved, no such one will keep quiet, even as we're talking. You begin to talk to the Lord now, and you begin to lay everything on his feet, and you begin to tell him, Lord, if the trumpet sounds now, I want to make it. And the Lord will make it possible for you in Jesus' name. Because he said, he that comes to me, I will not in any wise cast him out. We go on now to the next, to prophecies. What are the prophecies that we have had, that we have received, that we can find in the scripture concerning the rapture? Prophecies. Let's open to Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26 in verse 20. Isaiah spoke by the Spirit of the Lord. 
He said, Come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy door about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. When that will happen, I pray again that you will not be there in Jesus' name. Our Lord Jesus Christ also spoke extensively about his second coming. And I believe we all know that the second coming of the Lord is in two parts. The first one is what we call the rapture. At the rapture, he appears, the trumpet sounds, and he is in the cloud. And the saints of God, those that are rapturable, they rise up to meet him in the air. After he goes away with the, with the saints, and they are in the marriage supper of the Lamb, the Antichrist shows up on earth, and the great tribulation starts. And at the end of the great tribulation, the Bible tells us that Lord Jesus Christ comes back with those saints and fights the devil and overcomes him and locks up Satan for 1,000 years. So the big concern, what the church should focus on today, the hope of the church today should be that the church should not miss the rapture. Because once you are gone, you are gone. You have overcome. No more backsliding. Just as there is no backsliding in the grave, there is no repentance in the grave. When a man dies, he's gone. If he dies as a Christian, he cannot backslide anymore. It was Pastor Lickie that gave us the illustration. When a man is dead, bring Mrs. Miss Universe to him. He cannot see. Whatever is happening, he cannot, he doesn't know, he's gone. And so the prayer of the church today should be, if I'm alive, when the trumpet sounds, Lord, I want to hear it. I want to respond to it. I want to meet my Lord in the sky. And if I die before he comes, Lord, I want to die in Christ. And that's why when our relations are sick, they are hospitalized, you don't pray for their deaths, but you tell yourself, peradventure, this ends in death. Lord, is this person saved? So you go after the person. While you are praying, be healed and so on, take your Bible. Go there, preach the word the way you have never preached it before. Let that person give his life to Christ. When you achieve that, two things happen. One, if he gives his life to Christ, he suddenly, suddenly has access to the power of heaven for healing. You believe that? Two, and if God in his infinite wisdom that his time decides that his time is up, fine, 
He knows where he is going. Into the bosom of Abraham. That should be a, a, a very important focus of every one of us. It was one of the things that the, that, that the Bread of Life Fellowship thought about, that we had the hospital outreach. And I believe God that is still going on. It's what we thought about, that we had the prison outreach. And I believe God is still going on. Because those are people that are in different, different situations. You see, many people in life, God has to find a way to slow them down and confine them so that they can have the patience to hear the word of God. When someone is in the hospital, it's in serious confinement. So they are likely to be more ready to listen. No meetings to attend. No business appointments. No parties to go. It's just there on the bed. But the question is, are you available to, them, to go to visit them? You will be available in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus Christ said a lot about the rapture. And I want us to open to Matthew 24, in verse 3. Matthew 24, in verse 3. There's a lot that is said, and I will not be able to go into it all, but I will pick out some, some verses there that, we, 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 that are important for us to take note of. Matthew 24, from verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? His disciples were concerned about what is coming next, and they asked, we need to learn to ask the Lord questions. That's the meaning of the quiet time. You have Pastor Leke say some people's prayers are just monologue. God wants you to talk to him. He also wants to talk to you. Ask him questions. Don't think that our God is a God that rubber stamps. He does not rubber stamp. He has his will for you. He has his desire for you. Ask him, Lord, what is your will for my life? They asked him, and Jesus Christ started to tell, talk to them. Verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take it that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and deceive many. Do not be deceived. He continued to talk to them. Look at verse 11. Jesus Christ said, And many prophets, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. false prophets. There must be a way to know them. Do you know how to know them? 
any prophet that says anything, that does anything that is contrary to the Bible, that cannot be a prophet of God. No matter what he promises, no matter what signs or miracles or wonders he performs, that cannot be a prophet of God. The Lord said, many prophets shall come and they shall deceive many. My prayer to God is that you shall not be deceived. Look at verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then some people that don't want the Lord to come can say, okay, um, let me slow down so that the gospel does not get to all the world, so that his coming can be delayed. Can you delay God? You cannot. See all the things that are coming up. You see WhatsApp. You see internet. You see GSM. You see radio. You see television. You see all sorts of things. If you don't do it, others will do it. But you will do it in Jesus' name. The Lord said, everyone must hear the gospel. Why? Because no one must be able to say, I never heard. Because everyone must be accountable for his decisions. It must be that everybody heard, but some did not accept. It cannot be, or must not be, that some did not hear. So the Lord has given everyone the opportunity. That's from the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Look at verse 15. Then he began to give them the signs that will show that the end of the world is coming. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolations, spoken of by Daniel, the prophets, stand in the holy place. A lot of things that the Lord Jesus Christ talked about here are already happening. They are happening. Those things are happening. You can read through the whole of this, by this chapter. You will see what the Lord is telling us there. He said there shall arise, in verse 24, false cries and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonder. Those things are happening. He said, that churches will come up in his name. And today you are seeing churches. Even Satan has found that when people know that this house is a house of Satan, they don't come. So he changes the name he calls his church. I pray that the Lord will help us. But look at verse 27. The Lord said, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. In verse 28, he said, For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered. Wherever the Lord is, there will his own gather. When he appears in the sky, those that are truly alone, they will rise up and meet him. 
And he said in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give a light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And verse 30, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. That's the sign. The Lord is telling us that there are signs. And if we are watching, we've asked so much about watching. If we are watching today, we will know that those signs are already happening. There's nothing, no reason for any Christian to be lukewarm. There's no reason for any Christian to relax. We must watch, we must be alert because our Lord is coming. Apostle Paul also prophesied. We've read about it in 1 Timothy chapter 4. We've read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 1. He said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, still giving the sign. Some will begin to go away. This rapture is not coming. Is it really true? How can you say, since I was young, that's how they have said. But the Lord has his program, and his program is on course. Many will give it to seducing spirits, Many will begin to give heed to doctrines of devils. They speak lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with iron. You even see some things that some people do today and you wonder, does this person have a conscience? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. In the, latter, in the last days, perilous times shall come. That's what the Bible says, perilous times, dangerous times. Difficult times shall come in the last days. When you see all those things, you know that the end is coming. And the end is really, really near. I pray that everyone here will be alert and awake in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at what Peter said. Second Peter chapter 3, in verse 11. Peter said, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, Everything we are running after, the houses, the whatever, the money, will be dissolved. Seeing that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? What type of person should we be as a church? Should we even allow anything to distract us? Should we even allow anything to hinder us from reaching out and mentioning and telling people about the coming of the Lord? I pray that nothing shall hinder you and me in Jesus' name. Let's look at the facts as revealed to us in the scripture. The facts of the rapture. We've read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, we phrased them from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. What we can see from those verses is that fact number one, the dead in Christ will resurrect, and the living saints 
will be transformed. So those that had died, it doesn't matter where they died, whether in water or whether through airplane crash, whether accident, wherever they died, the soul will join back to the body and they will resurrect. And those that are alive and remain will be transformed. The corruptible shall put on incorruption. That's fact number one. Fact number two. At the rapture, there shall be the catching up of all believers in Christ to meet the Lord. They shall be caught up, whether dead or alive, as long as they are true believers in Christ, they shall be caught up. Whether they are whole, or they are lame, or they are crippled, or they are on their sick bed, they shall be caught up. Fact number three. At the rapture, Christ does not appear visibly to those on earth, only in the air. He appears in the air, in the cloud. Just as when he was going, he entered into the cloud. And disciples were looking. And the angel came and said, why are you looking at him? This same Jesus, he has gone. The same way he went, the same way he will come back. That's at the rapture. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, we look at the second advent and we'll see that at the second advent, he is coming physically as a warrior to fight and to avenge of his saints, the Antichrist. Fact number four, rapture is distinct from second coming. At the second coming, Christ will come with his saints and his feet shall touch the ground on Mount Olive. That's what the Bible tells us. The rapture will happen very fast. Very, very fast. The Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. That's when it will happen. That's the way it will happen. Look at it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. In the twinkling of an eye. Try to twinkle your eyes and see how many seconds that takes. Who will be tied those who will be in the air, in the plane? And the pilot happens to be a true believer? And the rapture happens. What do you think will happen? What about all those on the road and the driver is a believer? In a twinkling of an eye. You know what that means? No time to say, I'm sorry, Lord. I sinned yesterday. No time. Before it has, it's gone. Gone. But I pray that it will not catch you unawares. Now is the day of salvation. It could even happen now. Because all these signs that the Bible told us about have happened already. Those signs have happened. And the church is concluding now, maybe the only thing remaining is, okay, the gospel needs to reach the whole world. But you can imagine how many thousands of people the gospel is getting to today. Maybe not physically. How many, how many, how many messages you got? And you just send pa, 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 follow forward to all the people on your distribution list. And you sent it. And it's about Christ. It's about salvation. It's about the fact that the trumpet may sound now. It's going so fast. It can happen any moment. 
And the Bible also tells us that the rapture will come as a thief in the night. We have some illustrations. The Bible tells us about Enoch. Enoch, the Bible says, in Hebrew 11.5, by faith, Enoch, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. You will have that testimony. My prayer to God is that you will have that testimony. As you are sitting down, that you are pleasing God. That was the testimony that Enoch had, and God translated him. That's still the testimony that we need to have. Enoch had that testimony, and he was translated. He experienced the rapture. We also know about Elijah. In 2 Kings chapter 2, 2, verse 11, the Bible tells us, he said, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. He was not alone. Elijah was with him, but Elijah was not ready to go. Elijah left. I pray that you will be ready in Jesus' name. And we saw in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, that our Lord Jesus Christ himself also ascended into heaven. Acts chapter 1, in verse 9, he says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. We have seen examples of the rapture. Nobody has any reason to doubt that it will happen. We have also seen examples in the Bible where danger, big danger, was going to come upon the world, and God looked at a righteous man and said, let me get this this person out. We saw it in the case of Lot. We saw it in the case of Noah. We will see it again at the rapture. God is going to take away all his sins before that great tribulation will happen, and you will be one of them in Jesus' name. What's the purpose of the rapture? We've talked about it. The resurrection of all the righteous. Two, to change the bodies of those that are alive and are in Christ. Three, to take the saints away so that they will escape the great tribulation. The Lord wants the saints to come unto himself. When we talk tomorrow about this, the next events after the rapture for the church, you will see that there are many reasons why the Lord needs to do that, even beyond the, 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 the tribulation, and to gather all the saints together. What's the timing of the rapture? No one knows. No one knows. The Lord Jesus Christ said, as of the time, no one knows. Not even him, not the angels, only the Father in heaven knows. We see that in Matthew 24. So don't let anybody tell you rapture is coming tomorrow. It's coming. They know the time. They don't know the time. It can happen now. It can happen anytime. And we've seen that it will happen very fast. The message of the Lord to all of us is just be ready. Just be ready. That's what Matthew 24 in verse 44 says. 
let's say Matthew 24, in verse 44, just be ready. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. He will come like a thief in the night when you are not even expecting it. Let's go quickly to the partakers. Who are the people that will partake of the rapture? We've talked about it. We saw it in 1 Timothy 4, chapter 4, verse 16. Those that are dead in Christ and those that will be living in Christ at that time. Those that are saved and they maintain a holy walk in Christ. Those that have a supreme love for God. Those that do the work of God. And those that the Bible calls the overcomers. The overcomers. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. Let's quickly remind ourselves of what we have read so much during this week. Revelation chapter 3, in verse 21. The Lord said, To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. The question is, will you be there? Will you be there? Do you desire to be there? If you desire to be there, it does not cost you anything. Look at verse 20 of that same Revelation chapter 3. The Lord laid it out what we need to do. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. The Lord is saying, If you desire to partake of the rapture, if you desire to, to, to experience that glorious day, if you desire that you will not be left behind to continue to suffer, no matter your condition, all you need to do is make up your mind and tell the Lord, whatever it will take me, I will serve you. It's not because my name is Emmanuel. It's not because my name is Timothy. It, it is because my Lord is Jesus Christ. It is because I have given all. I have surrendered all. Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Does Christ live in you? Do you desire that Christ should live in you? Rise up on your feet, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. It's the hour of decision. No one here can claim not to have heard. Do you want to experience that rapture? Do you want to be ready for the coming of the Lord? If it comes now, if it comes after this, after this service, will you be able to go? Will you be ready? Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord now. Tell him about yourself. He knows you. He knows you. There are three people that you cannot deceive. Three people. You cannot deceive yourself, except you are a reprobate. You cannot deceive God. 
And Satan also knows those that are his own. But this afternoon, by the grace of God, you have a chance to change your master. You have a chance to reject the devil. You have a chance to, uh, to accept the only begotten son of God and ask, invite him into your life that he will reign in your life. We'll take this song. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder I'll see answer of that song. And when, when Christ shall come, we shout of acclamation and take me Oh. Uh-huh. 
As you are standing, you are going to talk to the Lord. Whatever load I am carrying, whatever weight of sin is in my life, that will make me not to make the rapture. Even as I am sitting now, as I'm standing now, oh God, cut it off. Oh God, remove it. Oh God, I reject it. Whatever it is, reject it with your body and soul and spirit. Tell the Lord to set you free. Tell the Lord you are surrendering your life to him. He will reign in your life. He will be your Lord. He will be your Savior. Call upon the Lord. Church, continue talking to the Lord. There is one important question that you need to answer right now. Not what your neighbor is going to answer, but what each and every one of us has to answer. Do you know the Lord? Talk to God. You've heard the word of the Lord. Do you know where you are heading? It's time that you made your destination sure. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you those things in the churches. And, this, and verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Can you say today that yes, without a shadow of doubt, I know where I am going. I know that my future is secure. I will be there in that marriage feast. Can you say that? If you don't, it is time you took a decision. Is there anyone here right now who says, I have not taken that decision? I am not sure. And I want 
to be at that marriage feast. I want to accept the Lord. Is there anyone here who right now you know that the time has come? It's time for you to accept the Lord. Put up your hands if you are that person. If you are that person, God is speaking to you. Put up your hands. I take it that all of us in this hall this day will be at that marriage feast. Father God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for teaching us once again, Lord Father. Reminding us, Lord Father, that we have a future and our future is with you. Thank you, Lord, because you have told us that we are not going to be left forlorn, but you will come for your own, and we are your own. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have that assurance that we can look forward to that day, that moment, that twinkling of the eye, Lord, when we shall be with you, Lord Father. That joyous moment, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you have given us that hope again, that assurance, that confidence of who we are in you, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord Father, for elucidating to us, Lord Father, through your servant, Lord Father, these words of our future, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that none of us will miss that mark, Lord. Father, we ask that you pour out more of your anointing on your child, Lord Father, that tomorrow as he comes and share with, shares with us, and in days beyond, Lord Father, as he continues to share, you will put mighty words in his mouth, Lord Father. We thank you, Lord, for his family. We ask that you bless every member of his family. We ask that you bless sister and the children, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that your hand shall be upon them at all times, Lord. We give all glory to you. Thank you, Father, for every one of us gathered here, Lord Father. I pray, Lord, that none of us will just be hearers, listening to a nice message, and then not taking a decision. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to minister unto us, Lord. Build us up as your people, as your church, till you come to take us back to be with you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we share the grace, just a reminder to those of the intercessory ministry that there is a meeting this evening at 7 p.m. Al-Masa Hall. So please make sure that if you're part of that intercessory ministry, you will be there at 7 p.m. at Al-Masa Hall. Share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. As always, our exit will be mainly on this side, so let's just move this side. There is the next church which is ready to come in. Please remember, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., this hall, we meet.